Welcome to your next step of the self-publishing mountain. I'm Matilda Swift, author of Quintessentially British Cozy Mysteries. And I'm Samantha Cummings, author of young adult books about magic, myths and monsters. I've written the books. Changed their covers. Tweaked their blurbs. Tried tools from a dozen ads courses. And I'm still not seeing success. Now, we're working together to plot and plan our way from barely making ends meet to pulling in a living wage. Join us on our journey where we'll be mastering the pen to snag that paycheck. Hello and welcome to Pen to Paycheck Authors Podcast. I'm Matilda Swift here with my co-host Sam Cummings and we're here to write our way to financial success. We're two indie authors with over a dozen books between us and still a long way to go towards the quit the day job dream. If that sounds familiar, listen along for our mastery through missteps journey. Each week we cover a topic to help along the way. This week's topic is going to be marketing audits. But before that, let's do our wins and whinges of the week. Sam, what is yours? I have had a quite a good win this week. I had tasked myself with finishing a read through of one of the books that I'm working on to start editing to get it published in the next couple of months. And I finished it, which to me is like a huge win because I am a bit of a slow reader. So read it in a week, feeling good. Um, my whinge of the week is the fact that I didn't get a lot of writing done this week. And I started the year on a high and wrote loads. And then the second week, I feel like I fell at the first official hurdle. <laughs> so, hmm. you know, <laughs> like take take what I can get, but didn't get as many words written as I really hoped I would. How about you? I think I'm going to do the classic combination win and whinge. I just like this oh. week has gone really quickly. I've had a really busy week in my personal life. Um, it's my brother's fiance's Hindu, so we went away for the weekend for that. I have started all sorts of like new projects that aren't they're sort of writing adjacent, but not really writing relate like writing a hundred percent. And they just felt they took a lot of time, and I feel like I don't know where the week's gone. So my win and whinge is I I, f- I feel like I don't know where the week has gone. I definitely did lots of things with it. Um, I think I'm underappreciating that. So it's been a week, maybe where I'm at right now. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I think January is just that kind of month. (laughs) So um, Hmm. how did you do with this week's plan to put together your marketing audit for last year? So it was a really good topic because I put it off for a week thinking, I, I don't think I did very much last year. I really think I just did a couple of things and, you know, I kind of have a, a background awareness of how well they did. I did my usual things. And then when I came to write it down, uh, I did loads of things. And <laughs> I did loads of things that I think I have done a couple of times, some of them, and maybe haven't thought enough critically about them. And I did lots of things that I think if you were going to just reel off kind of off the top of your head what your marketing activities were you maybe wouldn't include but I want to bracket them inside marketing because they were done with the purpose of um kind of putting putting my book out there so it was really useful to do and I think it is a good activity the one that I maybe want to do quarterly it also made me think that actually I want to keep a better log of my marketing activities um so yeah, yeah. I will maybe get into specifics in a minute but did you have any sort of similar experience doing yours um I released a book last year and I did like the generic Mm -hmm. stuff that you would do for a book release. But I feel like 
like you were just saying, I didn't keep track of anything that I did. And that's like my biggest lesson looking back at what I've done um, is that I don't know how helpful any of the stuff was because I just like threw spaghetti at the wall and I walked away. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that seems like a huge lesson. That's <laughs> so obvious. Yeah. Um, I, it, it does seem obvious. It's so tedious to track it. And I've got some things where I've like, half track things so a couple of things i'm going to talk about in a minute i i found tabs on various programs that i use where i had tracked a little bit and then i hadn't really tracked the full effect of something Mm -hmm. and in fact i would say that's maybe everything i spent money on i half tracked it and then got bored (laughs) i haven't got bored necessarily but i just it needed slightly more attention than i really have time to give it um Mm -hmm. And some of it is just like, I think a lot of things I do, I don't have a process. I, yes, yeah, I don't have a system in place. And I really, really want to do that this year. That is maybe my, my big lesson for this year. I don't even have a process set up for like the formatting and uploading of books, which I was listening to an old episode of, um, I think Next Level Authors or Rebel Author Podcast, one of the Sasha Buck podcasts. And she was talking about how she had got to maybe book 17 or 18. And she was like, I finally made myself a process um, document for how I do this. So I felt a little bit better because I have yeah. got, I think I'm coming to book 11 or 12. And I, I've had on my like master to-do list for quite a while, write a process document for how you do mm-hmm. formatting and uploading. And every time I do it, I think, that was quick and easy. I'll remember that for next time. And every time I come to do it, I think, where? how do I log into this? What's my first step? What do I need? And it's just such wasted brain energy. So I I do really want to set these processes. I think having our like masterminds, we have these monthly whole day sessions as well. I think if we can use some of those to do writing up processes for things that we hate, um, just having somebody sort of sit with you and just, I mean, it's, it's stuff that's really easy as well. It's not hard. It's just so boring and I'm tired from working and from writing that I don't want to yep. sit down and write out the process of how do you format and upload a book because I think I'll just remember that it's just oh, such a waste of my brain energy it. yeah you think yeah. like oh how hard can it be I'll get back to it and it'll just make sense and you're like you come to do it and you're like yeah. no like I, my brain has completely dropped this information mm-hmm. <laughs> I've learned so many yeah. things along the way like and yeah I know it's, and um, it's so close to being fun. memorable. It's just too many steps. So I think yeah. I think the same for marketing. I think lots of things that I put down on this list that I realized I have done last year, I'm not sure if I would redo them. And I'm not sure if a part of it is because it's a faff. It's, it's just a lot of thinking about the process, going through the process, making the same mistakes I made before because I didn't write down how I did it. And I also didn't write down if it made enough profit to do it. I, I've... Mm-hmm done a bit of scouring through um, records and things where I could figure out what happened. And I think for the couple of things I spent significant money on, which we'll talk about in a minute, I've, I've broken even. And that's all. And that's kind of, it's an okay stage to be at, right? Because I'm still early enough in my career where it's really important to be building readership. Um, and that is is great. So I'm hoping that if I broke even on a particular campaign that I was running, hopefully maybe a percentage of those people will go down the line and keep reading other books. So anything beyond that is profit. But it just feels like there's no way to get to any next level with that. Um, so yeah, so I'll talk through my um, things that I did. I guess just before we get on to that, then is there anything else that you kind of thought 
conceptually about about this audit before we get into the kind of bits and bits and pieces of like nitty gritty of platforms you used um no other than the fact that I mean it's come this has come to light since like we've started doing our mastermind sort of things is how mm-hmm. much I just focus on the writing part <laughs> and I and I've never focused on the marketing part and mm-hmm. I've already learned so much from you um before like you know up until this point since we started that it, it's so clear that I have just literally done nothing and you have tried everything so I'm like I'm getting to say like I'm getting to hear you say this this didn't work it was such a waste of time and I'm just like mm-hmm, okay I won't do that then. <laughs> but so then that's... I think sometimes it has just not worked for me in the way that I've done it so yeah. I think it's helpful to have two people you know talk about different sides of something Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like for anybody listening who might be thinking, like, I have never tried advertising. I'm basically there. I mean, I have done advertising, but nothing like not as in depth as Matilda has. So I, I'm here to learn as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think it, it was helpful to think about what all the different things I would count as marketing are because it was not what I had originally planned or not what I originally considered I would write down. So I had originally written down my newsletter and social media because like that is really obvious marketing. Newsletter is a non-negotiable for me. Um, I think it is the only reason that I have really made any money on books at all. Uh, so when I very first started in 2019, I had a prequel novella that I put up on BookFunnel I always put it on Story Origin. I had that for a little while, but I really like Book Funnel. I think the team is fantastic. And I think it's, at least for cozy writers, there's a lot of groups on there. It's very active. So I put a prequel and on Book Funnel and I did that in the August of 2019. And I joined some promos. I had a newsletter. People signed up. Then I put my first book out in October of 2019. And people bought it, which just felt like magic. <laughs> That's what's supposed to happen. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I know that if you if you go without a newsletter and you just put a book out on Amazon, it can just sink without a trace because there's no way people will know about it. There's absolutely no way. And that's understandable. I, I don't know how, um, you know, I think sometimes people do put books out and, and I definitely would have done that if I hadn't had a friend who was in self-publishing to say, this is a common process, this is what you should do. Uh mm-hmm. And it, it must be so dispiriting. And I, I can really imagine, like, I, I, can, I can imagine myself having done that. I can imagine myself quitting after doing that. So I, I felt very fortunate. I had a readership. I had people buy the book. And it wasn't enormous numbers, but I had specifically told my family of friends, don't buy this book because you'll mess with the algorithm. So I knew that anybody who bought the book was like a stranger, a stranger who had decided that they liked the free book I gave them. And it's a 20,000 word, maybe slightly longer, 20,000, 30,000 word novella. That was actually really useful to write because it kind of gave me more of a sense of the world and the backstory. So people had read that and they thought, I love this so much. I will pay money for a longer next book, which felt great. So, and, I, and I've continued doing book funnel. I, I had the same prequel novella that I've put into different um, promos. I have also got a second series. So last week I mentioned the Head of Veil Mysteries, which is the, the one I started with. I've also got a series called the Slippery Spoon Mysteries, which has now got three books. And I wasn't planning to write a novella for that. But in fact, something I'll come on to in a little bit triggered me to write a novella for it. And I put that on BookFunnel. Um, and so it's really good to have two different books. I give them both away to my readership. When you sign up to our newsletter, you get links to both of them. When you come in organically through a link in the back of my book, you can go to either series and you get sent the book from the other series. Um, and they're both in BookFunnel promos. So 
yeah, my newsletter, I think, I really enjoy writing my newsletter. I know a lot of people don't. Um, I think because I have genuine interests that are very in line with the cozy audience's interests, I find it very easy to write, you know, a rewarding email, which I'll get nice replies to. So cozy readers are generally on the older side, usually women, again, not always, and definitely the demographics are changing. Um, But I am an old woman at heart. I love (laughs) baking. I love little walks in the countryside. I love beautiful old buildings. I love books. Um, I love like arts and crafts, anything that's just like cozy and lovely. I like a little village with a cake shop in it. And I happen to live in just adorable villages all the time with lovely cake shops in them. So it's very easy for me to do. Most cozy readers are American. Um, so places that I go and I take for granted, like this year or last year, I went to the ball at Chatsworth House, yes. um, which is a beautiful grand house, which was the setting for the 1995 um, Pride and Prejudice. It was, mm-hmm. um, it was Pemberley there, I think. So, you know, stunning. And I got to go to a ball there, which it, it was fantastic and I thought it was fantastic and then I will also post that to my newsletter and you know give people a really nice glimpse into the world that they would not be able to see because they're too far away so mm-hmm. I really like writing my newsletter um it has about 40% open rates depending on whether it's something where I'm promoting something or just giving um you know some photographs and sharing some things it's about 40-10% click-through rate so good engagement it feels rewarding to write it again I would really struggle if I were writing a newsletter that that didn't get good engagement because I think it would be hard to stay motivated but that I've done this year and I would always keep doing that um and so yeah the newsletter is is key I think so I'd written that down first then I I have only one social platform that I bother with um Instagram I like it I like photographs again I can take pictures of nice English villages um I am not as consistent I was like as I would like I also think it has no impact on sales um realistically i cannot imagine anything more than like a few people click through but i can see the stats a few people click through to the free book that's linked on there but not enough to say it's worthwhile doing as a marketing effort um but i think it it's a a way to engage people who maybe don't read a newsletter um i also put the food on my website so people can see it there it you know it, it feels like a nice way to kind of do some engagement without really having to be very organized um but it, it doesn't move the needle at all. Um, then I wrote down two things that are quite similar, um, which again, I hadn't thought about when I instantly thought of marketing audit. And there were two things where I was invited to contribute something by other cozy authors, which cozy authors have a great community. So I was invited to contribute to two things, um, which I think I had different hopes for, for each of them. And I've had surprising results. So I'll talk a little bit about those. I did um, an anthology uh, that was done through a Kickstarter. So it was great to kind of learn a bit about Kickstarter and joining someone's anthology who was very keen on Kickstarter was a great way to learn about it. Uh, at some point, I would maybe have to do a Kickstarter. I know they can be really good if you've got a good readership. I don't think it's naturally in my wheelhouse of things I like to do. So this is a nice way to enter it. Um, we did an anthology of cozy short stories that are set around New Year. Uh, it, it, it didn't sell a huge amount of copies, but that's kind of fine. It was nice to have something to promote. Um, I have had a really lovely email from someone who read a story in that saying that they were looking forward to other books. So I put a Slippery Spoon story in there. So yeah, really nice. Um, and I like 
writing the short stories I'll get the rights back to that at some point so I'll put it in my newsletter give another freebie that way so all useful um but again didn't move the needle and then one that I maybe had expected to move the needle that didn't as much as I had hoped um prolific works uh which used to be called insta freebie uh which is kind of a competitor for book funnel um or I think they want it to be but it it doesn't have the group promos that BookFunnel has, so definitely for a cozy author, it isn't worth a subscription for me currently. They do have a good discount off Mailer Light, which I do use, so I did consider keeping their subscription. They gave us a free subscription for a while, or a discounted one to do this promo that I'll, I'll tell you about. Um, yeah, it was good. The, the The staff support was good. So they're trying to invite, I think, people from different genres to do a big group promo. And they do a lot of promotion on their side as well. And the hope is that you get uh, newsletter signups. So it's just like a book funnel group promo, but it's like a closed group of people who are selected by somebody very big in the field. And ours was organized by Tonya Kappers. And Tonya Kappers is a big cozy author, but if you're not familiar with her, whatever genre you write, find out more. She is a marketing queen. She tries everything. She is very engaged she is really the best example of someone who loves and knows her readership and really serves them with what they want um so yeah she's a very very big cozy author but she's incredibly personable and really making connections she's a person who makes a lot of connections um she sends out birthday cards to all her readers she sends out thousands of birthday cards every month um which some people just know know <laughs> what like they're just it's just their personality type to be like so yeah. open and that's such a a lovely thing that there are people out there who are like that mm-hmm. and I think she's a great example of someone who she just does things that she loves doing so there's nothing there's yeah. no pushing on her part forced. there are plenty of things mm-hmm. that yeah there are plenty of things that she doesn't do um but she just really leans into stuff and she loves making community and she loves making people happy and engaging people so I think she's a really good example of someone who she's a really early adopter of lots of things she will try anything and she will share whatever she learns uh and she's really friendly she's got a really lovely southern accent so she's always nice to <laughs> engage them in any way you can listen to her on some podcasts um I have done a um a, an interview with her so because I was invited by her to be in this group promo um I had definitely imagined that I would get more readers coming through from it. You didn't have to sign up for the newsletters to get the book. So that's maybe part of it. But there were a lot of books in the promo. I definitely feel like free books is getting less effective. I don't know. I really hate when people say that. I hate when we make these big sweeping generalizations of like, it's not how it was in the olden days. But I think I was surprised that it wasn't more effective. Maybe that's all I'll say. Um, but it meant that I wrote a novella for my Slippery Spoon series, um, which was useful. And I'm glad I did. And I I find it helpful to have a novella to give an entry to a series. And I, I should always do that. And it's it's quick and easy as well. It was very, like 20,000 words. It was a nice, easy one. Uh, it gives you good knowledge of the series and it gives you something to share with readers when they are not in the series yet. So I did both of those. Um, I also had three launches, which were their marketing efforts. Um, so I had... Yeah two books in the same series that came out in May and November. So the Slippery Spoon series 
that I put the novella out for. Yeah. Um, they're called In Deep Truffle and Better Late Than Never. No, Butter Late Than Never. Mm-hmm. Um, so those Don't came out. Your puns. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love a cozy pun. Um, uh, when the third book came out, I did a promo with all sorts of sites. Um, David Gogren has the best list of up-to-date promo sites. Uh, so if you should go to, if you should Google David Gogren promo sites, he has always got a very good up-to-date, up-to-date list. Um, and he's also just generally informative and nice. He's got a lovely Irish accent. So I really listen to anything by him. So I looked at his list. Again, this is part of me not having things automated. I looked at his list. I thought back at my old results. I looked at what promo sites I should use. I tried to book them. I was a bit late for some. I had to move things around. I accidentally booked on the same day. It was a headache. Um, <laughs> but I booked <laughs> the promo it was my first one in fact of having a 99 cents rather than a free i've done a couple of free giveaways before so all sorts of giveaway sites like e-reader news today and robin reads so i I think i picked five sites like that in the end um i gave a book one for 99 cents and in fact i also put book two as 99 cents just to see if that could have a knock-on effect uh it did with those two books together i about broke even on the giveaway um it's it's my smaller series. It's the one that I haven't really done as much marketing for. So it was good to break even and then hope that other readers will continue. Um, I will do those again. I think I want to think a bit more strategically about it. I am, as always, trying to get book bobs. Apply every month for all the books <laughs> and nothing happens. Um, so yes. I'll just keep working on that. Keep applying. That's what everyone says. <laughs> Yeah, I think mm. I mean I think it's a good thing just to to note about um doing all these book deals and things because this isn't really something like I say I'm somebody who just did the writing, published the books, carried on, started writing mm-hmm. again. That I didn't know because I'm terrible at the admin side of writing, which is why we're doing all this because I'm just like mm-hmm. head in the sand person. I didn't know that there were websites that you could go and do deals on. I was just like it's I do a deal on Amazon and that's it. So, Oh, okay. Like, yeah. like I like I, as somebody who just was just doing a very narrow field of, I write a book, mm-hmm. I put it on Amazon. I tell people about mm-hmm. it and I expect mm-hmm. to get money back. Um, yeah. Like the whole spreading out and doing deals and stuff was like, when you told me about all those sites, I was just like, ah, uh, like I'd heard of them, but I hadn't really thought, about it <laughs> so mm-hmm. i mean yeah maybe um, it's useful to recap those as well so there are all sorts yes. of um they're newsletters really they're newsletters of companies who have built up lists of readers who want deals for books and yes. there are dozens in fact there are dozens and some are teeny tiny ones where you spend ten dollars to get a place in their newsletter they're often very genre specific the smaller ones um but they're priced in a way that because they know how many clicks they get they know how many opens they get um, they're priced in a way that I think they know that you're breaking even um, if you're doing a giveaway for a discount. Uh, so yeah, dozens of these sites, they become more and less effective over time. I think, um, do I know why? I don't know. I guess at some points, some newsletters make certain choices. They might make deals with certain authors or I, who knows why, but over time things become more or less effective or they put their prices up. So you're not quite breaking even and people get sick of it. But they definitely change. So there's a few big ones. So I was just going to say, like book trends change so often now Mm. that um, I imagine it's hard for people to really know like what direction 
to go in. So it's all like everything's competitive now because all the genres are competitive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, and some of them are selective and some of them are not. not. So the ones that are selective, maybe they are selecting books that are slightly off trend. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Um, They've got really, really variable prices. I think that's what's interesting is, for me, I have found that the price does not always equal the value um and i think that's that's why i also want to do a better tracking of it is that actually i think some of them are overpriced uh and you get a spot in their newsletter you you want to stack them so you want to do one every day for for five days or four days um and you want to have it again david gogger has got great videos on this that we'll put links to in the show notes you want to have it so that you are always increasing in number so the most reliable big download number newsletter is your last one and ideally that'd be book bub but obviously you know i have not sold my firstborn okay. child to the book bub <laughs> gods yet but i so i'm not running that out um and i and i think people just say just keep reapplying you know um i think i think i was listening to wish i'd known i think jamie albright said she's never got a book bub which you know suggests that it's absolutely uh hard to predict you will get one if jamie albright's yes. not got one yeah. I feel less bad about not having got one either. <laughs> but then you'll see, I think I, the cozy, the cozy selection is really interesting. You will see some people who are putting in a fourth book in a series. It doesn't have a great looking cover. It doesn't have more than three reviews. The ranking is low. And you just think, how have they picked that book? Anyway, mm, the mystery is on Bob. Yes. <laughs> we'll uh, never not know. for me to discern. Yes. Um, but anyway, so you can keep applying for that. But in the meantime, there are all these other websites um, for you to try. And you put your book in. So I did do that. And it was my first time doing a, a 99 cents. I would say the best thing I did from the year before last was do a free giveaway without using those sites, just using my own newsletter to kind of get a sense of where my benchmark is because your own newsletter is a resource in itself. And I think last year when I did a newsletter only giveaway, I think it was even for a book that I had been out. It's been out for a while. I think I'd given it away before. I think I got a thousand downloads just from it being on Amazon and from sending my newsletter. So I think it's worth knowing that benchmark um, before you start giving money to other sites to do it as well, because you can easily watch your stacking. I think I spent $260 um, and I, I broke even on that, but I didn't make any more um, kind of in, in the period that I was tracking. So you want to be careful that you're not just throwing away money um, on that and it's easy to do. Um, so I did that. Uh, I feel like I've talked for a long time about these. I've got two other things, one of which we'll come into you, in more detail more next week. Uh, I think it was really surprising how much I'd got to talk about actually and one is is one that I had I literally put in at last minute which was I'd forgotten I recovered my Heatherville mystery series I bought nine covers which was expensive I I got nine covers and the thing that spurred me on to do it was that I've I've had this like chicken and egg thing in my head for a long time thinking I don't and, and the, the book covers, when I bought the original first, very first one for the series, I knew they were not on trend. They were slightly, um, they were slightly out of date and not in a way that looked bad, but the, the trends moved quite quickly in cozy covers. Um, and they were just slightly, uh, not quite looking cozy enough. And the, I had to buy this first cover at very last minute and thank goodness for my cover designer it was absolute you know miracle that I managed to get the cover I had been let down by cover designer very last minute and I absolutely love my cover designer for um being able to fit me in and 
having a pre-made that worked and making another book cover to fit in the series. Um, so I use uh, Go On Write, which if you look on the website, it looks like Goon Write, but it is Go On Write, uh, who has great pre-mades, really good communication, absolutely lovely person who is in fact from very near where I live right now. Um, but so he did my covers and I think they were not, um, they just fit the themes of the book rather than me picking them because they were, you know, 100% the trendiest looking cozy cover. So I knew at some point I'd have to recover them. But once you've got three books in a series, then that's three books to recover. And then now yes. I've got I've got lots of books in the series. It's a lot of books to recover. So I've just shot myself in the foot, basically, is what I did. I've been <laughs> too lazy to have done this all of the year before. Um, again, it's one of those things that is just a lot to think about. So you just keep putting off thinking, I'll just do one more book. And I've, oh, I've sorted, I can't, I can't fit it in right now. And it got to a stage where I have got, I've got a box set, I've got a prequel, I've got a set of short stories. So I think I've got eight covers. I can't remember. Anyway, too many, too many. And I had the chicken and egg situation where I didn't want to start advertising until I had a more appealing looking set of covers. And then I didn't want to get a more appealing set of covers because I was lazy. Not really chicken and egg, but I it, it meant I kept putting off advertising basically because I hadn't got the right covers. Um, and so I have recovered them. I really like the covers. They're definitely more on trend. Um, they they fit better in the cozy um, seller list. If you see them up there, they look more contemporary. Um, and there's a couple of old series still using the style that I had, but they are long running, much more famous authors than me. So I couldn't really get away with keep using that style. Yeah. It's a little bit annoying because actually cozy books, they they can move quite quickly and they can move in response to very big people in the market, which means that often people just hop on one bandwagon and it will pass on quite quickly. Quite a lot of a surprise number of cozy authors make their own covers um, and in a fantastically skilled way, like you wouldn't know who it is. I happen to know who it is, but I think you couldn't guess at looking at them. So that means that they can respond to changes very quickly. So it keeps the cover market moving a lot. And maybe, and I, I, love design so I often think I should just start making my own covers but that is a distraction I do not need and I love my cover designer I think I when I wanted to redo my covers I just thought I'll make a mock-up I can't quite capture in descriptions what I want it to look like so I'll, I'll make a mock-up for him that will help him and I made something that looked like a five-year-old had made it um maybe when they're quite tired and like in need of a nap it did not look good so it's like I should not become a cover designer um, but I did, I read it those. I think it, it definitely made me feel more confident about doing adverts because um, I felt like I'd put myself in the best position possible. I also used the fact that I was, I was doing Facebook adverts. That's the last thing I will talk about. But in fact, we'll come back to that. Um, I, I used the opportunity of doing Facebook adverts to really work on things that I've been putting off for a long time. So I redid the blurbs. I did them again and again and again. Um, I added A plus content, um, and which I've been meaning to for quite a while. It's quite popular in cozies. I, again, I think I don't think it moves a needle, but I think it's useful to kind of do and and distill your series. And it looks like you're fitting in the genre a little bit better. So it's maybe not a big thing to do, but it's not insignificant. Um, and doing blurbs just meant I got to do more market research as well. So it was it was useful. I. I don't think I would have started advertising if I hadn't got the new covers. So I think I need to do it, but I don't see a return investment yet. But I do really like the new covers. So, you know, <laughs> I like it. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that is everything apart from Facebook adverts. But I think we will come on to talk about that in a little bit. But kind of my overall thing for Facebook adverts is it was a lot of work. I did a lot of edits and changes and iterations of the same adverts. And I think I probably just about broke even. And that felt really dispiriting for the work. But I know that is the process. The process is figure out what works for you and your books. It takes a long time. But once you've got it, you need to do less work on it. But I don't have the time to get to that stage yet. But I will. <laughs> you will. <laughs> so Definitely. I've talked for absolutely ages. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. But hopefully it's helpful. Um, it was. What, have no, you, even like, what was in your For audience? me, it's been very helpful. My marketing... Because mm-hmm. um, last year, I, I think I just published one book. I might have published two. Like, I've already... <laughs> forgotten <laughs> um, like that is part I, of your I, marketing so that should have been in the order. i know um and i'm well i wrote down one but i actually think it might have been two but this is the thing i have no idea like the last two or three years have merged into one in my brain because of covid um so mm. i've really like i've really struggled to stay on top of time and stuff um so i had like last year i hardly did any marketing apart from obviously releasing a book I did some good, you know, like looking or two. into, yeah, or two maybe. Um, but like you know, I did the whole, got a book cover designed, um, wrote, looked at other people's blurbs from the same genre, and did all of that stuff. So it was more things like behind the scenesy stuff that, um, that I felt was really helpful. So, yeah, learning how to write a blurb that matched blurbs of books within my genre, uh, which I think I I did. I like the blurb of my book. I definitely think that I could use more buzzwords now, like um, looking back, but that was, you know, that's a continuous research that I will be putting into my, what I'm calling my writer's Bible, um, mm-hmm. where I'm going to be keeping track of all the ads and stuff. The one thing that I wanted to talk about, because I, I did some Instagram ads and all that fun stuff, but didn't track any metrics. Um and they haven't really tracked anything, but you talked about your um, newsletter and saying that if you didn't have a lot of people reading or any clicks, it would be really demoralising. Mm-hmm. And that's where I am. <laughs> so I have a very small newsletter and I don't really get any click-throughs. Um, I do, I do I'm get on your some. newsletter list and it's a really good newsletter. So I love you should get more people reading that. I know. <laughs> I don't... I don't um, I don't do a good job of getting people to sign up, but I love writing newsletters. And that's always something that, that like, like you said, you like writing them. You don't shy away from them. I love it. I love writing newsletters. Mm-hmm. Um, I love talking to myself in email form, <laughs> which is what I feel like I'm doing. Um, but I really need to get like my list up and running. And yeah, that's like been something that I've been towards the end of last year was, was trying more and more. And I have had email signups and I did a 99p deal on Amazon at the end of the year. And I got a couple of downloads from that, which was really nice. And I've um, just just seeing things come through from very minimal effort shows me mm. that if I actually put maximum effort in, <laughs> it could actually get, like, traction. Um, and that's like... What do you do at the moment to get people on your newsletter? Um, literally post it on Instagram or Facebook. That's it. Because I use Instagram and Facebook as my main sources. Because Facebook, I do get interaction on Facebook, which is, like, strange. Because I know that Facebook is a little bit of a dead place at the moment. 
but I do get people it depends on your genre. So cozy, cozy readers depend. are on Facebook. Yeah, because um, I write young adult, I would I wouldn't expect that many people to be interested, and it's not loads, but I do get people signing up from Facebook. Um, Instagram is my main source, and I'm trying to get into TikTok, and I did really well at the first half of the year, and then I ran out of juice. I was just done, um, so I'm kind of having to re assess my motivation <laughs> and, and energy levels but yeah instagram is really the place because it's that's where everybody is who's reading young adult books it's instagram and tiktok so i have had good signups from um from those places i yeah i just haven't put in enough effort or because i'm just like such a scatterbrain person i do little bits of effort in different places and I don't narrow my focus mm. and I feel like if I narrowed my focus like and then kept track of it <laughs> and could see what happened it would guide me in the right direction but the, so hard like, though, my, when, like there's a million things so you could be hard. doing yeah and that's the thing like I've always just focused on the writing so doing all the other stuff has just always been in the back of my mind like yeah, yeah I'll do that when I get to like when I have more readers, I'll do that. But really, it's I should do that to get more readers. So mm. it's this weird, um, this just this weird circle of like chicken and egg. If I do this, this will happen. But really, this will happen if I do this. So it's all all the fun stuff when you think back and think, oh, yeah, I can see, I can see. Looking back now, I can see why I'm still at the level I'm at because I've really been stopping myself from stepping forwards and also to bring up like the elephant in the room for a lot of people money is just not very forthcoming um and not just from selling books but just in terms of I don't have a lot of money in my savings because cost of living crisis so I don't have a lot of money to put into advertising and that's um like a huge thing that I'm kind of going through at the moment with like mental like blocks and trying to figure out how much can I actually afford and all that fun stuff yeah, yeah. And there's definitely um, like anytime you do a course in it there's always people saying like don't spend money you can't afford to lose but you know what <laughs> I don't have money that I'm just thinking I don't need this I'd love to give it yeah. to Mark Zuckerberg you know he probably would love it more than me um yes. yeah I've never sat around thinking I've got money to lose I- I've got money no. I can lose I think I'm in a very fortunate position um I've got money I could if I had to lose but I don't want to I definitely don't invest more money advertising I think is useful as a learning experience mm-hmm. and I'm not I don't know how you get the confidence to put money in and think even when you're losing it hand over fist you think I'm you know I'm finding out about it I'm seeding the market you know I, there's no way I can feel confident about that I need to have a return on the investment, even if it's like long term. If I see it coming in over three months, I would be happy to say I'll I'll put in longer term money. Um, but there's no way I can do it without any sense it's coming back. Yep. Which I think is why it's really important for us to, like, both of us to have a, a clear view of effort versus return, like return of investment, but just just return of of a lot of things as well, like like energy as well because you put so much energy into things like you want it to be actually feeding you back you want to to feel like you're you're doing something and it's having an effect in some way Mm. and like the money might come but maybe like 
maybe you just get loads more followers. And in some ways, like on social media, they people always say, don't you know, your social media following isn't like what you should be focused on. But sometimes you have to focus on the easier metrics to get to make you feel mm. like more confident trying to get the, the ones that pay the bills. Yeah, because if you know, you know, a thousand people started following you last week on a social media platform, you think actually maybe people are interested in what I'm talking about. Yeah. I should take a punt on my books. Whereas if you think yes. no one's ever downloaded this book, am I going to advertise it? No. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, or you know what's the magic number that you say I've got enough interest in this book this book's got a high enough rating on Amazon enough people have reviewed it fondly I don't know I think there's there's very hard to especially as uh, you know I think we talked about this last week especially as a woman I think it is really hard to say I worked hard on this and everyone will love it because I'm amazing um, really what you're going to say is like please please take a look at this for me I hope you don't hate <laughs> it yeah, I want some cheese, and I really don't. I don't like that energy, and I really hate that. And that feels no. like though it's your most creative like thing that you've done. It's the thing that's most exposing to you is your writing. So, mm-hmm. how do you go in and say, "I'm just gonna spend loads of money as people are gonna love it"? I don't. I don't have that mindset, and I think it's very hard for women to have that mindset. I don't think it's impossible, but I think it is. Again, it takes energy to get into that mindset of like feeling like I am worth taking a punt on. I'm worth putting some money behind. That's energy pennies. Um, and then you're spending money pennies as well. Uh, yeah. It does just feel really hard to do, especially when you're trying to juggle 10,000 other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that does bring us on to our next topic for next week, which we have um, agreed to do. So I'm just going to bring up the info on that. My computer's been a bit slow. Um, <laughs> yes. So for next week's topic, we have decided to do an advertising understanding check-in where we look specifically at things like Facebook, which is the biggest non-Amazon advertising platform. So we're going to look at Facebook and just check in what we know about it, what we understand about it and what gaps we've got because it is so easy to take another course or just dive in. Uh, And I think just doing that without necessarily thinking about logically and putting together a plan can lead to a lot of money and energy getting lost so next week topic is an advertising understanding um which we're going to figure out we need to know before we do some serious advertising this year what are your thoughts already on this as somebody who has been working in digital marketing for like seven or eight years um i'm so like tired of facebook (laughs) Let's go the other way though. I thought you could say, I'm so confident. I love it. So, uh, no, I, the thing is, um, not saying like, I can't say what brands that I've done advertisements for because of confidentiality, but there are people out there who are doing it really well and getting good good numbers back from it. And as somebody who has run a lot of campaigns, the biggest thing that I know about Facebook is um, continuous growth only comes from continuous ads. So you have to not really what I want to hear. <laughs> you, I know. You have to train I mean this is something that I've been doing on social media recently. I hate using this, but train the algorithm mm-hmm. is a term that I that I've kind of like run into recently. Um and it is annoying, but you have to continuously tell Facebook what you want people to do, where you want them to go, 
that you want them to click things and you have to teach the machine to do it. And that takes a long time and it takes commitment and it takes, I mean, it takes money, but it, um, yeah, it takes like a lot of just continued effort. And that's where a lot of people fall down because who has the continued effort? Um, mm. But that's something that, that that I really want to figure out. If I can automate, even mentally automate um, an advertising strategy and just know, like, teach it to myself and have it in the back of my mind so I don't even have to think about it, that would be, like, the best. Mm. That is, I mean, I'm very much looking forward to next week. Uh, I kind of heard that yeah. level of detail. <laughs> I definitely know that you have done lots of Facebook advertising for work, but I think... It sounds like you know exactly what we need to know. So I have talked a lot this week, so hopefully <laughs> next week. <laughs> next week is a You Talking Lot episode. The, I'll, I'll have a presentation for those who are watching the video. I'll put a whiteboard up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, <laughs> no, I'm I really looking won't. forward to... <laughs> I think I'm really looking forward to like comparing our knowledge and understanding because I think I have looked at it in a really self-publishing-focused method um, or, you know, mm-hmm. style. Uh and I have done courses, I have tried things, and I still feel like I am guessing at best. Not even guessing, mm-hmm. I am just trying, seeing what I understand. And like, I could well yeah. be clicking exactly the wrong things, and that feels horrible to to not know. Or I could be um, really close to to doing well and I give up and I do not know how to judge that um I hate to tell it so yeah. say it to you but you're probably really close <laughs> you've just probably given up I you've given up too no, soon <laughs> I want to hear that that is fantastic yeah, that's that, exactly what I want to hear that, I think that's what it is I think a lot of things with Facebook ads which we'll obviously talk about is all about um your uh, your determination to stay in the game <laughs> I mean that's self-publishing in in a nutshell right yes, everyone is like exactly that's write the next book you need to have 20 books um (laughs) yeah yeah okay i mean that is there's a good topic then for next week so we will leave it here it's been a very long episode but i guess i don't know why we thought marketing audits would be a short second episode clearly that is a big topic just all of marketing for a year that's what we did um but that's really great i'm very much looking forward to talking about advertising with you specifically next week and getting a sense of what we know um but uh until then i will say goodbye yes goodbye and see everybody and everybody will listen to us next week (laughs) (laughs) bye bye you've been listening to pen to paycheck authors stay tuned for our next episode and don't forget to subscribe to learn how to write your way to financial success